Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. All right, welcome back, podcast listeners. We are so excited about today's conversation, and we're kicking it off a little bit differently. So uh, I am Andrew McPeak, a co-host of this podcast. We're going to hear from Tim Elmore in just a minute. But right now, sitting on the other mic with me is not Tim Elmore, but instead it's Kiara Colson. How are you today, Kiara? I'm doing really well. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. I'm excited about this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. So I'm going to give Kira an opportunity to introduce herself in just a minute. She is actually an intern with us at Growing Leaders, an amazing young leader. So you're going to hear from her in just a minute. But Kira, how we typically kick off this podcast is actually us telling stories on ourselves. Okay, so I'm going to invite you into our tradition here. Um, so today's conversational topic is on loneliness. And a lot of times we want to look back and sort of put ourselves in the position of where our students, these Generation Z kids, a generation that you were actually a part of, uh, where we have experienced loneliness before. Um, so I'll kick us off and then I want to hear from you. As I look back into my time of loneliness, I remember very vividly the moment my parents dropped me off at college. This happened to you fairly recently. Uh, But for me, this is well over a decade ago. But I I remember walking out of my dorm room, coming into kind of the common area, looking out the window and watching them back out of the uh, of the driving of the space, the parking lot, and then pulling away and me having this overwhelming feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm alone in a way that I had never felt before. Like home or the place where I'm, you know, the pillow where I'm laying my head is now, um, I don't know anybody there, you know? Um, and I immediately jumped into, you know, this party and this club and this thing and got very involved very quickly. But there was that moment, that very first day, and really especially that very first couple of hours where it was like, whoa, I've never felt quite this way before. And I know lots of people have been there. Uh, You've, uh, as we just talked about, you just uh, finished your first year of college. But that's not the experience I think you were thinking about when we were talking about this conversation. Yes. So, I just finished my first year of college, but I want to take us back in time to when I was in middle school, which was, you know, forever ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, forever. (laughs) Yes. So I moved a lot. And in seventh grade, that was my first year where I made a move between two different states. Okay. And so I went from a school in Tennessee where I had like 12 people in my grade and it was small and everyone was basically siblings. Like we fought like siblings. We laughed like siblings. And so I moved to this school where there was 300 hundred people in my grade. Whoa. And so I walked in with my little Tennessee lunchbox and I was like <laughs> gonna conquer the world and then I realized, oh whoa, there's like a lot of people in here. Yeah. And I sat down in this booth in the back of the cafeteria. I remember to this day the school had ugly green. That was our colors. I was like, why is green, ugly green and yeah. gold our colors? I'm sure that wasn't the official name, but <laughs> exactly. it was ugly green. Yeah, go ugly greens. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> um but I sat there on that booth and for the first time in my life I felt lonely in a crowd and it was really an awestruck moment because I had always been in my elementary school years the girl that was friends with everyone and there was we knew each other since kindergarten like there was no realization of talking to someone I didn't know or having the fear of what does other people think about me or not having someone to go to yeah even 
the idea of just walking to a room and not knowing someone was foreign to me until seventh grade. Yep. And little did I know I was about to learn a lot about that because yeah. I would go to switch schools about six more times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you couldn't have known that, but it was a reality. Well, I know those things profoundly shaped you, but I want to come back to a comment that you made. It was, I felt, it was the first time I felt lonely in a crowd, right? Yes. I think a lot of adults... Uh, hear a young person go, I feel lonely, and go, what are you talking about? You got friends, you got people at school, there's people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that. there's a disconnect, I think, a lot of times from us realizing you can feel lonely and still be around people at the same time. You can be in a big room full of a lot yes. of people and still feel lonely. And in fact, sometimes the most profound version of isolation is the one that's happening while you're surrounded mm-hmm. by people in a physical space. So... It's quite interesting. Um, Okay, so the question we're asking today is, what does loneliness really feel like to Generation Z? Um, We, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about the epidemic of loneliness going on. We've talked about it on our podcast. There's been some really fascinating studies on the impact of loneliness and how it's felt and all those kinds of things. But um, you, this past year, during your freshman year of college, you and I met a little over a year ago, I think, at this point, and we talked about what would it look like for us to partner with you before you were even a summer intern with us at Growing Leaders, um, and really start to explore um, this topic. you This was really a choice that you made. But now you're an intern with us this summer. So um, I want to give you a chance to sort of introduce yourself, and then we'll get into the project that you took on uh, this past year. So you, are a fr- you just finished your freshman year at Lee University. So give us a quick introduction to who you are and what you're studying at Lee. Absolutely. So I am going to be a rising sophomore at Lee University. Go Flames. Absolutely love that place. Okay, great. Um, And I already changed my major like three times, but <laughs> being here Like over a typical the summer, college student. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was business and then I was like, hmm, I need more creativity for that. Yeah. And so now I found my place in psychology okay. and I'm going to study for a master's in IO, which is industrial organizational psychology. Excellent. But uh, to get the more creativity aspect on it, my minors are a nonprofit in business and then PR. So super excited about studying that and expanding knowledge there. Awesome. Awesome. So you and I sat down and began to talk a little, basically right out a year ago about, hey, what if you came next summer? But in between now and then, so uh, in this last year, what if you took on a project where you leveraged the opportunity that you had being on a college campus to actually interview some of your peers, other freshmen in college, and even uh, upperclassmen even? Uh, So you were tasked with this idea of interviewing your peers to see in particular, how did the pandemic affect them? And I kind of left it open-ended for you to talk about whatever you wanted to talk about. You specifically zeroed in on relationships, connection, and loneliness. So what was it that made you want to focus on that in particular? Connection and relationships have always been a huge thing for me. Um, Publishing my second book, Teen Fluencer Nation, it was all about finding that community and figuring Mm -hmm. out it was. And for me, that's because my senior year was a huge time of loneliness. And I didn't necessarily go into the project searching for loneliness, but I stumbled upon the fact that relationship and connections, the problem and the thing that we're all feeling is loneliness. Mm. And so understanding that I wasn't alone and getting to learn myself more, but then also getting to understand my friends and my siblings and my peers and just our generation overall, 
and getting to hear their voices is really important to me because I want to make sure that everyone's heard and everyone's seen. And so interviewing and all of that was just really intriguing and fun yeah. just to dive deeper into conversations that aren't just typically had at the lunch table. Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, and I, I wish we could go even deeper because you I know you've been literally interviewing your peers for years now. I don't know if you caught as she was talking, that she mentioned her second book that she wrote. This girl's 19 years old, has two books. One of the many reasons she's really uh, amazing. Um, so I, I want to get into, we, there's so much we could talk about, but I want to get into this project. You actually, over the course of the year, interviewed 45 of your peers. I've seen the spreadsheet of all the answers. We co- You collected a ton of data on this. Um, and you and I started digging through and trying to come up with some insights. We've got a couple we want to talk about here today. Um, uh, but I I just want to ask you first, as you were having these conversations, I got to read the data and kind of read people's answers. You actually got to have the conversations. Was there anything that surprised you overall as you walked away from this uh, this sort of research project? Um, any profound thoughts that sort of stuck with you? I think overall was how much I related to each person mm. because there was such a spectrum of being on this side or that side. And I really found myself in the middle of having weeks where I was really on the loneliness side that was more dark and it was harder with the isolation aspect of it. But then there's others of that self-realization and being able to overcome and become a better version of yourself. And that wave of being on either side of the spectrum, I found myself being able to relate to each person, which was really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a sign, I think, your generation will continue, I think, to talk about this massive shared experience you guys had of being in adolescence, going through a global isolating pandemic at the same time. So I'm, I'm not terribly surprised to hear that all of you kind of felt similarly or had shared experiences, at least as you were going through that. Yes. So, um, okay, so we're about to get into these five insights. You and I spent some time coming up with from the quotes and the conversations that you had, what were sort of the highlights that rose to the top? Before we get there, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into what are the five insights we gained from these conversations. Hey guys, Andrew here. I'd like to talk to you about our curriculum, Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning. Growing up in a post-pandemic world means that many students today are facing new challenges and often don't have the social and emotional skills to handle it all. When students possess skills like self-awareness, impulse control, empathy, teamwork, and responsible decision-making, they're prepared to not only survive, but succeed inside and outside of the classroom. Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning comes in both middle school and high school versions and presents a fun, image-based pedagogy designed to delight and challenge your students. Find out more about how you can get Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning to your school by going to growingleaders.com slash SEL. All right, we are back. So we've worked through all the data from 45 different interviews you conducted over this last year, um, and we've got some really interesting insights. So shall we dive in? Let's do it. Okay. So insight number one uh, is students we saw were forced to contend with themselves, and perhaps for a lot of them, a new way that they never had before. So I think one of the things we saw is for many students being, quote, on their own, because even though they were in a house, maybe with their family, they felt more isolated from the world and even from the family that they were there with. Um, That meant that they had to do one of two things. We saw people who either turned to a coping mechanism, right, to sort of avoid having to face themselves, 
or there were some people who did actually have to face themselves. And a lot of them mentioned that they grew personally from that experience. So, Absolutely. And we've got three quotes that we're going to Yeah, so we've got some, we want to share some of those. So go for it. Yes. Number one, we have from a student who said, it was a time of reset for me. I was able to heal from certain situations and to have the peace and quiet I had desired for a long time. I wish I would have appreciated the break more. Fascinating, yeah. Next we have, I became stronger, but also built bad habits during that time, such as negative self-beliefs, denial, and defensiveness. Wow. So this person really wrestled with, who am I? How do I react react to things? And some of that, quite fascinating. Which I think is huge, especially in adolescence, when that is the question we're talking about all the time who am i and then you're stuck in a room by yourself yeah you really have to face that person yeah um and then next we have many of us are emotionally burned out because when you battle with something such as depression and anxiety and other emotional battles in your head for so long it causes you to be tired and exhausted yeah people battle so much during the pandemic and i feel like right now it's gotten to the point where people are just tired yeah and to keep in mind, we're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-olds, right? They're yes. talking almost like they've been through war, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, the pandemic, especially from an emotional sense, sort of modeled that a yes. little bit. Yeah. Okay, so that's really interesting, number one. And that's probably something we would have known, but I think we may not realize the degree to which a lot of students were said, no, I learned a lot about myself. I had to grow a lot. I had to contend with yeah. a lot. And on the other side of it, I grew quite a lot. Um, So shall we go to number two? Let's do it. So insight number two, we've realized that students now have greater anxiety in their relationships. So one of the after effects of the pandemic, being isolated for so long, it meant that a lot of students either had very little social engagement, again, unsurprising, or their engagement was sort of safeguarded by the use of social media platforms. So I am relating to my peers, but I've got this device that sort of bridges the gap and helps me feel some some degree of distance. So because I went through that experience for so long as a member of Generation Z, I'm now that I'm back in face-to-face in interaction. I don't have some of those things. I don't feel like maybe I have as much practice, and so I'm experiencing some anxiety. This is probably the one that was that is least surprising to our listeners, but I still think some of the quotes um, to me paint a very clear and powerful picture of this. So, and let's dive in. So, number one, we have. I think sometimes people don't want to communicate as much unless it's through a screen because it acts as a safety blanket. That is wild. That one of them actually said that. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Number two is because of the systematic distrust between people, they're far more likely to cut their losses and not attempt for relationships because they've learned to live without them. Wild. They've learned to live without relationships. Which that one hit me really hard because I'm like a very independent person and you can go, go, go. And you really like a lot of times I feel like us who have been in this isolation, we don't realize how much we need people until we need people. Wow. And it's yeah. too late at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, number three is, I mean, I definitely had many insecurities like high school girls, but my number one struggle was probably not having the social stamina to make a lot of friends. Social stamina. That is fascinating. Yes. Yeah. So each one of these kids is recognizing, I see in myself, I just don't feel like I have what it takes to keep up with all these friendships or to or have what it takes to maintain some relationships. In decades and generations past, this was a non-issue. We were, it's college. You're just jumping in, right? Now, instead, we're having these conversations about, I don't know if I have what it takes to get to know the person across yeah. the hall. It's just a lot. So, 
Fascinating. Um, okay, let's go through these uh, next ones pretty quick. Number three, insight number three. I believe we saw in, in these conversations that COVID-19 changed students' perceived value of connection. And in this case, it's a little bit of a positive, right? Um, I think at the same time as we're realizing uh, relationships can make students more anxious. I believe many of the students showed in your conversations that they also learned just how important authentic relationships are for both their personal and professional success. They recognized how much they actually need other people. So time without close friends and family around highlighted the value of those relationships to a lot of these students. So walk us through some of those quotes. Number one, we have absolutely. I'm not completely sure how to pinpoint it. But they all feel so much more passionate. I just desire to put my all into relationships more than ever and not give up on them. Really interesting, yeah. Then we have, I always thought that I could do things alone. But being isolated at home for my 10th grade year without my classmates showed just how crucial relationships and social interactions are. Yeah. So a 10th grader who's going, I've had a lot of friendships, I've had a lot of interaction, but I didn't realize until I was isolated from them just how important those things were to me. Yes. Yeah. And then finally you have, I felt so isolated in the sense I didn't know who to talk to anymore. I didn't want to get to know people online, but I can also feel alone when I'm surrounded by people. I think the isolation period was the first thing to make me notice how lonely I felt and how much I wanted community. Wow. Wow. Very poignant on these. Um, Okay. So I'm going to go to insight number four. Four and five are where I really felt like this is really interesting. I had never thought of this quite this way before. So let's dig into this. Number four, students seem to be less drawn to the artificial nature of digital relationships and they, a lot of them commented on wanting one true authentic friend. That was like terminology that we yes. saw in these conversations. So as students have realized the value of relationships, like we just talked about in insight number three, they're also noting more and more the pointlessness of those artificial connections on social media. And many students have cited the desire for just a couple of close friends. So they've gone, I am getting less and less from my social media engagements, and I have a stronger and stronger desire to have a close, tight-knit group of friends, maybe even just one or two. So walk us through a few of the quotes on this. Yes, this one was so overall, like very relevant between each person I talked to. And the first quote we have is, if I had a genie, my one wish would be for a best friend, someone who's just like me, someone who I can count on and someone who will count on me. Wow. Next we have, I don't contact the friends who I had more superficial relationships with. I feel a little closer to the people I had deep relationships with. Mm. And lastly, now this one's really good. One student described her generation as a socially handicapped generation. Wow. That sounds like something we might say as the adults looking at your generation, but they're saying this about themselves. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of them are recognizing the major um, gaps they have in this area. Okay, finally, insight number five. This one was really hopeful for me. Insight number five, Generation Z has a very clear idea of what positives came out of the pandemic isolation for them personally. So um, as we went through, you asked them, do you see anything good that came out of the pandemic? I would have assumed when you interviewed 45 students, probably about half and half. Half of them would go, yeah, there was something good that came out of it. And the other half would go, no, it was one of the worst times of my life, right? But what you got instead was almost all of them, 
only two out of the 45 of the generation students you surveyed could they could um, all but two of them cited at least one way in which they personally grew as a result of the pandemic and the isolation that it brought on. So for them, it was quite easy to access, oh, I know exactly how I grew. I knew exactly how I uh, developed out of this. So walk us through a few of those. Absolutely. And that's one reason I'm so empowered by our generation too, is we do have that spark. And the first quote we have is, the pandemic fleshed out who my true friends were and allowed me to grow as a person. Oh, that's good. Next is, I'm more comfortable on my own. That was really interesting to me. Somebody who's going, hey, I recognize the needs of relationships, but I also learned how to be alone. That's essential too. And then third is, I know that if the world shuts down, I can't let it shut down my spirit. Mm. And I was like, someone needs to put that on a t-shirt. Indeed they do. <laughs> Indeed they do. And I think, man, if so many, if students had that perspective more often, one, comment number one, if students had that perspective more often, that would be amazing. Comment number two, I wonder how many students actually do have that perspective. And this is one thing that was really revealing to me is I wonder how many people listening to this right now haven't realized that their students are already processing positives that came from the experience that they just have. And all we have to do is ask, literally ask the question, can you think of any way in which you personally grew from the experience of going through the pandemic and the isolation and some of those challenges that you faced during that? We hypothesized even back in 2020, when we were in the heart of it, that we actually thought the challenge of having to figure some stuff out on their own would actually lead many Generation Z students to develop some soft skills that they hadn't yet gotten an opportunity to develop. And it feels a little bit like that's kind of what happened. Yeah, I think so too. Which is cool. So before you go, before I let you go, uh, I want you to tell one story because we went through a lot of quotes. We've got some insights, but I want you to to kind of connect it to reality for us. You, like we talked about, you just finished your freshman year college. You met um, a friend, made a friend who was going through their own isolation experience and you were able to kind of walk them through that. So talk about that experience. Yes, I had a friend and start of college, the first week, the first month, it was so encouraging to see him blossom and he had all of these friends. His room was the place to be on the hall. But as the semester went through, he started to have a hard, difficult season, and his friends joined frats, and so they had gone on their different ways, and for him, that wasn't his thing. So he was like, it's okay, I'm not going to join, but realizing that important decision for his values also affected his friendships, who just through transition, slowly going away, and all of a sudden, his room that was the place to be became empty. Yeah. And it was a realization for him and he started to get into this rut and it was really hard having to kind of just be there for him if he needed it, but he really had to get out of the rut on his own. Yeah, yeah. Or that wasn't going to change anything. And what made me so proud of him was the moment he came to me and he was like, "I figured it out. I recognized that I was lonely." but I figured out the truth that I'm not alone. Mm. And so I asked him what he was going to do about that. And he started initiating community, initiating connections. So we were doing Orby fights under the bell tower, (laughs) studying in the SMC, and he was doing it. And what was so incredible was the fact that as he was starting to come out of his loneliness, I had found myself in my own pit of loneliness Mm -hmm. because for me, it's been so comfortable that I can find myself using it as a safety net of just hermit crabbing away and his initial just continuously inviting me to things even if I said no he 
ultimately help pull me out of my loneliness. So the connection and the community and the initiation and truly just recognizing that loneliness is an emotion, but it's not forever. Yeah. And you're not going to be alone forever. People yeah. come and go yeah. and finding those people and hope, opening your hands up like a river because people are continuously coming and going and realizing that just because this friend left or you broke up with this person, there's always going to be a new person that's going to bring new life into your life. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that you were there for that entire experience and probably walked through it a little bit with him and experienced some of that too. But it's a really important life skill that he learned and many students are having to learn right now, especially coming back from a period of isolation that like relationships take work. You can't be passive and experience connection, right? We've got to put our whole self into it, be proactive, go out and make those friends, all that kind of stuff. And that realizing that uh, loneliness is an emotion. We don't always get to choose or like choose that we experience it, but connection is a choice, right? And that's kind of the combat. I actually heard um, a really great leader say that um, the opposite of loneliness is not friends it's actually belonging right Mm. it's finding a place and finding a group of people where you feel like i actually belong here and it sounds like your friend realized that so absolutely kiara thank you so much for spending some time thank you for all the investment of time you put into interviewing all of your peers and bringing those insights those quotes and those stories here for us to experience Uh, it's very invaluable what you've been doing contribution you're making on your college campus and also to us here at growing leaders as a 19 year old is quite amazing so thank you so much thank you it's been an absolute honor Okay, so before we close out today's podcast, I actually wanted to bring in our fearless leader, Tim. Tim, thank you for joining us. Tim was actually sitting in and listening on this amazing conversation we just had. Uh, Kiara is incredibly impressive as a 19-year-old, and she offered us a lot of really interesting insights from the conversations she's been having with her peers, and I know you had a a couple of thoughts you wanted to share with us on maybe how we apply and think about what we just heard. Sure. Well, what I have to share will be quick, and it may be nothing more than what listeners might have already thought as they were listening to Kira and all those um, interesting observations. But a couple of quick thoughts. Um, One, I kept thinking over and over and over, for many of us as adults— Awareness is key. Loneliness is a thing. Yeah. And I think sometimes, not all of us, but some of us would say, yeah, kids, you just need to grow up. Yeah. But it is a different day. And I actually think being alone and loneliness, two different things, yeah. were both fostered by the smartphone. And yeah. we did not have that growing up. I yeah. didn't. Yeah. Um, and, and you even didn't. Um, so anyway, I just think we need to recognize this is a thing. They're not making it up. Yeah. It's real. It's very real. The second uh, item, though, I'd say is I think too often we have felt that the response to young people today or students today is merely empathy. Yeah. I think that's the beginning, but it's not the end. Yeah. It has to be much more than that. So we need to empathize. This is a thing and acknowledge it. But then I think we need to, as past generations have done, use this hardship called loneliness or whatever hardship we're going through yeah. as a point of growth. Yeah. How do we grow from this less yeah. than optimal situation? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think of, of Admiral Stockdale and the Stockdale Paradox. Oh, yeah. Here's this lonely man in a Vietnam prisoner war camp saying, I never grew more than when I was in that POW camp. Which is a How wild say? thing to That's say. Right. <laughs> yeah. But what he did was, it was a paradox. He said, you must deal with your current reality and face it. Don't yeah. Pretend it's not there, yeah. but then never lose sight that it will one day get better. Yeah. And I think marrying those two is what, what we need to do as we lead our kids. It's a secret to It's growth. very real, yeah. but 
it will one day get better, and then we grow toward better. Yeah. Um, I'll close with this. The thought, Andrew, that you know, because I bring it up to you often, is I am amazed when I compare the first two generations of the 21st century, the Gen Zers and then the Alpha Generation children, yeah. and compare them to the first two Gens from the 20th century, which would be the seniors uh-huh. and the builders or the silent generation. Yeah. Very interesting parallels. Hmm. So we began the 20th century, uh, I mean, a couple decades in with a pandemic, yep. Spanish flu, 20 years into this one, yeah. a pandemic. Yeah. Then we went through the roaring 20s a century ago. We are now going through our current version of the roaring 20s. Yeah. You look around, you go, this is a roaring time. Yes. And then, you know, this economic turmoil, the Great Depression, economic turmoil today, I'm thinking, what if the kids we're leading today could also grow into growth and grit just like 100 years ago? Yeah. Could we look at this differently and say, loneliness is never fun, hardship is never fun, but maybe if we lead them well, they'll be better for it. Yeah. That's such a good insight and such a great perspective, right? I love that you said, don't let empathy be the end of it, right? Certainly empathize first. But I think the difference maybe between this generation and where we were 100 years ago is that generation was given the opportunity to step up and lead up, right? And I think we've got to do the same thing today. It's about building skills that they're going to need to thrive and and build resilience. So um, thank you, Tim, so much for those insights. Um, I, I want to talk about a couple of things before we head out. First of all, um, you've already heard us talk about it, but there is an amazing resource that you can utilize to build the soft skills that are going to help students tackle really big challenges like overcoming the loneliness that they're feeling. Uh, We have an amazing tool called Habitudes, and our Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning program is something I would commend to you. If you are not intentionally building in your students the skills they're going to need to overcome challenges like loneliness or overcome some of the the need for resilience and some of those things, I would just commend you to say you need to be doing something because they need these skills desperately. So if you want to find out more about how we use images, stories, and experiences to build life skills in students, head on over to growingleaders.com slash SEL and you can find out more about that. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. If you felt like this was a really great conversation and you thought of somebody to share it with, we invite you to share it with them as well. And if you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. I don't think we're on threads yet, but we're working on it. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, whether uh, you've got somebody you think we should interview, a conversation you think we should cover, a topic we should address, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. So once again, thank you, Kiara, for your amazing insights and for the work you put into your project. Tim, thank you so much for some of your insights there. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next time.